my business and career around is just helping people hurt less and and play more without having to surgically go that route unless that's and there is times where that's the route you have to go hey friends welcome back to the black diamond podcast this is your host eric malzone and this is the show where I have the absolute pleasure of interviewing entrepreneurs, founders, change makers, and people who are just creatively leading the way through innovation. And it's not only about successes and, and great stories, because you'll definitely get those, but it's also about the personal challenges and the vulnerability that we face along the way. So this show is brought to you by Level 5 Mentors, helping entrepreneurs and founders achieve the highest levels of freedom in five different categories, time, money, relationships, health, and purpose. And if you want to find out how you're doing in those five categories, we got you covered. We got a survey for that. Just go to level5mentors.com forward slash survey. And you can take the free entrepreneurial survey and see how you're doing in each category and see where you have room for improvement because, hey, we can always be improving. So welcome to the show. Let's get on to it. Deacon Andrews, my friend, welcome to the Black Diamond Podcast. What is up? I'm super stoked to be a part of it. And as always, it's just good to catch up with you, but even more fun to do it on a podcast. Yeah, man. It really is fun to catch up. And it was, uh, so I actually, we've been talking for, you know, a couple of years uh, in various different forms and topics and all kinds of things. You're on the Future of Fitness podcast, of course, but I actually didn't meet you in person. We just met. Until like 30 days ago, which is oddly enough during COVID is when we finally got to meet in person, which seems counterintuitive to most people. But yeah, man, it's it's so great. And uh, you're taller than I thought. (laughs) (laughs) But you probably hear that a lot. Right, fair enough. You know, well, it's funny because like my two of my like closest friends like are six six three fifty you know like NFL guy and the other one, other one was played in the NBA is like six ten another buddy is six eight. I'm the smallest one out of us. Oh man I feel so small. That's what, I hear the opposite is everyone's like, oh man, I thought you'd be taller. I'm like, well <laughs> screw you. Yeah. Uh, no, this is me. I'm just uh, you know I'm a medium sized guy you know, medium sized American. So I thought you were um, the perfect size. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. That's why I like our conversations. I already feel better about myself. Um, so man, I, uh, for this particular audience, I mean, people, if they want to go to the, they can go to the future of fitness where we had a great conversation there. Um, but you know, introduce yourself Deacon. you can give us, give us your background, give us all the things you've done. You've done a lot of really cool shit. Uh, so grew up in Virginia, typical kind of Southern boy. And, uh, actually grew up playing tennis, went to a tennis academy in Florida, played tennis in college, which really kind of helped me transition into a competitive fighting career, which was uh, great. And, you know, they kind of went hand in hand uh, at the country club. But, yeah, explain, um, explain that for a second. <laughs> uh, no, I like, drove my parents nuts. Like, so, you know, I grew up in a pretty traditional, like Southern country club family. And, uh, but I was always loved action sports and was big into wakeboarding and, and then I don't remember, I don't know exactly what led me into like martial arts and, but I just, I loved kickboxing and I just loved fighting and wanting to find out if I could be tough. And, and, uh, so I just, 
it was I was the only person that could blame for anything if I lost or whatever. So, uh, um, but actually, and ironically, like the tennis really did help because it massively improved your eye hand coordination. Sure. So I had great eye hand coordination and hand speed, and it really helped me with that. Uh, at least that's what I I take away from it. But uh, uh, so uh, I don't know. I was probably twenty three and got married to a pro snowboarder. We moved to Lake Tahoe and we were ski and snowboard instructors while I was pursuing a fighting career. Uh, she was much more successful in the ski and snowboard world. She's an amazing uh, snowboarder and crushes it and actually runs a ski school for a big resort here in town. But yeah, so I, that kind of led me to a, very mediocre military career where my strongest asset was cleaning toilets and getting hurt. And it was just really passionate about that. And that was kind of where I really felt like my calling was, but unfortunately I got hurt. I was in for just over six years, but I broke my back and uh, just kind of a freak thing. And that really led me down a path to learning how I didn't want to have surgery, especially in the military. It was just notorious for not being great. And it just led me down a path to find out how to fix that and kind of led me into strength and conditioning from a different perspective of working with a lot of people that have had amazing careers at some super high level for the most part, or even just, you know, they recreationally played really hard. And so I just wanted to help people hurt less and do that longer. And that kind of led me to where I, uh, we are now in park city. Um, you know, you know, if anybody has listened to the, the last podcast, a big piece in the last five years that we talked a lot about was depression and, and just uh, kind of a big dark place that I went through the last, you know, about four years ago. And it was kind of just this dark 18 month to almost two year period. Uh, but it really forced me to, to learn a lot about myself and to deal with a lot of stuff. Um, and it's just been this ever evolving process of who am I as a coach? Where's my strong suit? Um, where is my passion and how do I make that all work as a business? And, you know, just like most of us in the fitness industry, I've failed at pretty much everything and, you know, and, and tried everything and just tried to reinvent myself a, a lot. And, um, I think that's a big mistake that a lot of us make is like, oh, this is what I should be doing. This is the right way to do it. And I think it's a matter of finding out really who you are and understanding that and how to, to make that work with you. Um, so that's kind of where we are now, man. I live on a 10 acre ranch in Park City. Uh, it's snowing right now. It was 96 degrees on Saturday, <laughs> but it's snowing right now. Um, so depending on when you're listening to this, that was a three day gap. Yeah. Today's uh, September 8th. It's a Tuesday. So on September, September yeah. 6th, it was snowing or it was 96 degrees, you know, and I do COVID and all the changes. There's been a lot of ups and downs and we've all in the fitness industry have had to kind of figure out a way to make a living and keep doing it. Um, if, if that's where you've gone, a lot of people have just kind of opted out, but uh, you know, I was outside plenty of room and I started letting a few of my core clients come out and train. And a lot of them were one-on-one -on -one clients 
And literally, it's, we had three of them that were started working out at the same time. Um, and now it's grown to what we call the wrecking crew, which I can explain why a little bit more. But um, so we have three groups that train Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, and it was pretty much, again, like all my core one-on-one clients that just really started to enjoy the interaction because we haven't had it for the last you know six months. Um, and we were outside, so we didn't have to deal with a lot of the restrictions of a gym being open. And uh, everything that I stood against, you know, as far as like not being a fan of group training, being like, I'll never run group training has kind of evolved into my biggest like passion and love for doing it that way. And it's in a unique environment that allows me to do it the way that I want, but has really directed me to where I kind of want to go business wise. So it's, I think that's the, that's the long winded version of it. Yeah. It's really interesting. There's a lot of things I actually want to go back to and, and pick apart a little bit. Your back injury, what, what was the diagnosis on that? Which was a lumbar, cervical? So I had two complete separations at L4, L5, S1. Mm. Um, no spinal cord damage, which was really lucky. I had probably about, I think it was a 10 to 12 fractures throughout my spine. But again, nothing complete, which a lot of it um, ended up just being a testament to just being strong. And like at that point, like, like I was probably about 260 pounds and trained way more of like a powerlifting type style, but was also just in great shape. And I mean, like if I could have like any version of me, they'd be like that guy. <laughs> and um, it was just like, I was, you know, a 260 pound guy that could actually run easily sub six minute miles. And I was actually more of an endurance athlete than I was a strength athlete, but I was just in, between jujitsu and everything, like I was just <laughs> built to take a beating, um, and uh, and and I did that a lot. So luckily, uh, it wasn't too bad. I actually, like the biggest problem was that I dislocated my thumb, and that really hurt a lot, and that was my main concern. <laughs> but uh, nobody else was really that worried about that. Uh, but so they, they pretty much told me that I would never completely have full use of my right leg again because I would get a lot of numbness. I could sneeze weird and my right leg would go numb. Like the oh, whole wow. like outside half of my right leg could go numb. And that was kind of when I t- realized too that I was a liability um, as far as being in the military. And, like, and I didn't want to have a – I didn't want to take a desk job. I, and I emotionally felt like I really struggled – with that. And in hindsight, like if I could go back, I probably would have stayed in and really found a cool way to be involved with the people that I was, but from an Intel standpoint, but I just, you know, emotionally younger and made kind of the decision. I was like, no, I'm going to get out. If I can't be in, I'm not going to be in. And, uh, fortunately it really worked out and uh, allowed me to go down the path that I have. And, and fortunately, as well, like I mean, according to the military, I'm 99% disabled. <laughs> I'm so I'm doing all right. And uh, 99%. How do they come up with that number? Uh, they do that. That's a good question. They, they everything has a rating as far as what the severity of it is. They actually, 
<laughs> so the PA when I was getting out was like, so how, do you have any ED, like erectile dysfunction or whatever? And I was like, no. And he's like, because, you know, that could put you at 100. <laughs> I'm like, dude. So that's the 1%. <laughs> I'm like, if I claim that, then I am going to. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, no, I'm not. I'm not lying about that. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of my more inner, like, like the, the funny things, like the most memorable conversations in the military, like that's one of my like top three. Yeah, it's really funny, man. <laughs> Just the like, thing that goes from 99 to 100 is ED. Uh, Fascinating. Yeah. And, uh, he's like, are you sure you're good with it? I was like, yeah, I'm good, man. I'm good. And, uh, you know, and it's a very interesting system because I honestly, like, again, I have buddies that are way worse off than me, like injury wise and that have it that have a, a lower rating so i don't really understand the system and i and you know and i it's i i'm very fortunate for the way that my military career like is especially afterwards went and then i've been very well like taken care of and have no like i love the military i love the army like there's nothing that i love more than what was doing that um and that's not true. Like my daughter, like I love being a dad more, but like, as far as like a career, like, like it was like, it was, it was awesome. And it was like, that's what I was meant to do. But now I'm here and I get to go through all that I learned there and just realize that it doesn't stop with an injury or that there is that the importance of trying to fix things before surgically fixing things and just really diving into that side of things. That's kind of been, my my realm that I've made a, a a business and career around is just helping people hurt less and and play more without having to surgically go that route unless that's and there is times where that's the route you have to go, but it's making sure that that's not the first step that people take. Yeah, you know it's interesting. I, I um, so I had. L4, L5, L5S1 herniations back in like 2010-ish. Um, and I have to say, as shitty as it was, um, being a fitness and strength coach and having those injuries and working through them, because I remember like the, you know, I went to the orthopedist and the options were like, um, you know, get an injection, get surgery or do nothing. I'm like, that's yeah. it. I feel like there's stuff in there's stuff in the middle, right? And if yeah. I hadn't gone through that and kind of searched out, and then I found foundation training with Dr. Goodman, which was amazing. Yeah. Um, and that really helped quite a bit. And I did get some injections to kind of get me through the um, you know, the pain of of the, I guess, retraining myself. But if I didn't have that, if I didn't go through that, I, I it made me a much better coach you know, hands down. I, I learned all kinds of things new and then I had to go, I couldn't do a lot of strength training. So I had to like get into endurance and then started learning about endurance training. Um, so it really kind of, it, it was a, it was a blessing. I have to say it sucked at the time because as you know, back injuries are really annoying. I had all kinds of weird symptoms from tingling to foot drop and, um, you know, just essentially dragging my left foot every time I walked. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Really bizarre. It's still not, still not right. 100%, but I just kind of learned a little bit. So I think there, there's a lot to that of just learning and then being able, now you can apply it, what you've learned, not just probably from, you know, a, um, physiological standpoint or, you know, 
but actually mentally, how do you, how do you get through injuries? Right. Right. Well, and you just hit something huge. This is something that's been driving me nuts, especially through COVID and everything, you know, it gave you a better understanding to relate to people. And you look at all these people, like, like all these gurus, whether it's like a, like self-help, like business coach or, you know, yeah. Okay. You're struggling with depression. Here's your list of uh, two hours worth of stuff to do each day to feel better. Or, you know, I'm a fitness coach. Look at me. I'm shredded. I live this lifestyle and everybody's watching this and they're like, Oh wow. I'm like, and I, I, mean, I was talking with some clients and friends the other day and I was like, look, you got to stop looking at people that if you, if one, if, if you're a parent, if you have three kids in high school or in school, you have a job and all this stuff. Like you can't look at someone who is single, who only coaches and works out three to four times a day. Right. Like you can't, you can't look at them and be like, I want to be like that. You need to find someone who's actually like living the life that you have and making it work. Like, how are you taking advice from someone that doesn't have like, any remote understanding of what you're going through. Like, again, like they're single or, you know, it's like, oh, okay. You know, self-help stuff. And, and I've even said this, but like, I only have my daughter half the time. So it's easy for me to do it on the days that I don't, but to get up and truly do like an hour of like self development every morning on a day that I have my daughter is like impossible. I have <laughs> no idea. And so I was just like, man, like, we have so many people out there preaching and all this stuff. Like there's, I, I, know, I know a guy who's a trainer. He's like, ah, oh, you know, I look like this and I'm sure and he's jacked. He's shredded. But the dude literally between like mountain biking, gym and everything is like working out four hours a day. Don't sit there and tell the person who has 30 to 45 minutes, a, you know, three to four times a week that they can achieve the same thing you can in a certain amount of time. If you don't truly understand what that process is like going in that way, you know, it's, and I, I'm like, all right, what if I told you, you could only work out 45 minutes, four times a week. What do you think would happen to your body? And uh, this dude was just like, what? Yeah. That's just ridiculous. You know? And you know, so one of the beauties of all this stuff. Yeah. It's just like, it's, it's a beautiful thing to when you can truly have some better understanding of what your clients can, are going through and what it's like. Because if you don't, like, I mean, there's no way around it. You can't, you can't hypothetically understand what it's like for a single mom raising one to three kids, you know, on her own, like, and try to, like, this is what you need to do to look jacked all the time. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's like, interesting too. I mean, and I'm speaking total generalities here, but you know, when I, when I hear life coaching advice from somebody who's maybe 23 now, unless that person, you know, has maybe gone through some really tough times in life and they've learned some hard lessons because really like, you know, life coaching and some of these things, that's why you kind of get better as a coach with age because you, there's just certain things that you have to be able to relate to, to understand. And, you know, um, intuitive empathy only gets you so far. You actually have to experience this stuff. Yeah. Like, and it's, again, it's just, I mean, you sit back and look at it now, like worst revelation ever for everybody is when you're like 30 and you're like, shit, my parents were smart. (laughs) 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 You got to send that awkward text. Sorry, mom and dad. I totally understand what you were saying now. (laughs) Or the opposite when you realize like some of the mistakes that maybe your parents made, you're like, oh, 
Hell yeah. They were just human. Yeah, like right? And it's just <laughs> like, you know, they had good intentions. And, and I think that's just such an important part, which, you know, again, this kind of brings us uh, full circle to some of the big changes that I've made in where I'm going business-wise and, and what I'm trying to do. Again, I, I'm a huge believer in one-on-one -on -one training and custom programming. But I luckily am fortunate enough to have what we call the wrecking crew, which is about 15 people that I've trained for the last, you know, eight months to two years, most of them. And we, you know, we all have a blast training together and I get to train with them and we've built, we've developed a program. It's a general program that we all do that I know we can all do it safely based off of the injuries and looks at, and I take all those people into consideration and, and take the knowledge that I've learned over the years of how, how this isn't ever going to be possible to making it work. And now still as an incredible, important piece, if someone's hurt, I'm like, no, we need to do one-on-one -on -one sessions and fix that and address that issue. That can't be done in a group setting. Cause I'm not going to take away from everybody else, but, you know, it's just, again, I've just taken what I've learned and over the last few years and put it into a, a thing that works and it's, it's not perfect. Just like nothing else is there's, but the buy-in is incredible and that's where we're getting so much out of it. Well, you know, it's, it's an interesting, you know, it's what I've seen so far from your journey too is <clears throat> it just seems with, with what you're doing now and, you know, obviously you're starting to pick up steam. You work with a lot of, you know, high profile athletes. I'm sure you work with a lot of average Joes and Janes like myself of, you know, um, being able to apply this, but you're also playing to your strengths. You're doing something that is authentically Deacon, right? And I know yeah. now you're, you're starting to get some publicity around it and you even have outside magazine visiting to talk about you know, your transition to a quote unquote outside gym, which is a really interesting concept that we never would have even think of given a label to, you know, seven months ago outside gym. And it was just like, no, people are just doing workouts outside, but now it's like a whole category. Um, but it's, it's authentically you, man. I mean, you like community. You don't, um, you don't like a lot of hoopla, right? You just like yeah. to have fun. And I think that's something that people need in their training, especially right now is like, Hey, you got to move, right? You got to stay healthy. You got to stay strong and active, but you also got to have some community, man. I mean, people are going crazy, just, you know, staying in by themselves and just, you know, you're hitting it, you're hitting the, the consumer needs right on the head. Yeah. And that was a, you know, and that's, I've always been a big fan of semi-private training, like, uh, custom programs, but in a group of like five people, um, OPEX really kind of, or whatever they're called now, OPT or no, it's OPEX. What is, it? is it OPEX still? Yeah. Yeah. They went OPT to OPEX. Oh, okay. Um, that, uh, you know, they kind of were the first ones to really kind of push that semi-private setting. Um, but you know, and that's where I was trying to go, but it's still, again, like, it was, it's just been interesting to see. And I, I still believe in that and I still do some of that, but man, we've just had such an awesome summer training as a group. And a lot of these guys, you know, come from military background, working as a team, military, um, NFL, like football, you know, basketball, even the action sports guys, they all ski as a group. And, um, and it's just been very interesting to see 
what it's developed into. And it's, you know, we, we all, you know, I joke about it because everybody's like, oh, CrossFit was a cult, you know, Jim Jones was a cult or whatever. So we joke, like, yeah, this is our own little cult up here on, up here in Park City. Like it's, it, it you know, it is what it is. And we uh, know for anybody listening, you can't just come in and try one session because everybody that's there shows up every day and busts their ass to support each other even when they're hurt, like if they get hurt doing their thing, they come in on crushes. They'll do some curls, whatever we can do for their upper body or whatever is not hurt. And they'll support the rest of the team, even on the days that it's not there. So it's, you know, we get a lot of people that, especially through some of the, the high profile people that are posting about their workouts, like, Oh, can I come try that? And these dudes are like, no, like, I don't even have to say anything. Like, like the, the whole wrecking crew, they're just like, no, you can't just come try one. Like this is a, this is a system that's developed. We've trained every day together. And, and uh, so it's kind of become this very protective, awesome thing. And, but then we also wanted to find a way to let people be a part of it. They were the right fit. So people had to come in and do an assessment, go through a month of one-on-ones. And then if it works, they can get plugged into the, the group setting. Um, but so it's, I, I've just finally found, like I, I, get, I kept getting stuck and I've got to do it this one way here's the, here's the things that people, here's the options. And it's just like you were saying, you know, like when you, when you herniated your disc, they gave you like three options and you're like, there's gotta be more. There's gotta be more. And this is what works for me. This is what makes sense to me. Like, this is what my brain, like it functions this way. Um, and, and it's awesome, man. Like I, like, like I, my training has never been the best this good. Like hasn't been this good since I left the military. Awesome. Like this is the best shape that I've ever been in. And I mean, I come up with stupid ideas and they were like, yeah, I'll do it with you. <laughs> and so my birthday is September 26th. So on um, that Saturday, we're all like, I've just kind of gone back to like military roots this last through COVID and everything, just basically preparing for the apocalypse apocalypse and doing a lot of like ruck marching and heavy weighted walking and and uh so i was like hey so we have this mid-mountain marathon course that you know has somewhere around 1500 feet of elevation but goes across from deer valley all the way to the olympic park and it's 26 miles it's like i'm gonna do this on my birthday this is this is my birthday party and i was like we're gonna have a party afterwards and literally like 15 of them like oh we'll do it I'm like, you guys are stupid. Like, this is gonna be this is gonna be miserable. <laughs> but so yeah, it's man, it's just you gotta be once you're authentic with yourself, a lot of other cool things can really happen. Uh so it's so well said, man. And I reflect to just, you know, having been in the CrossFit space and, and people referring to a cold or whatever. I mean, it, that's fine. I, I I found my community to be incredibly motivating um and fulfilling you know, as a gym owner and having a CrossFit gym. And, you know, what's interesting too, is I think people crave, like you look at what, what I believe one of the driving forces of a CrossFit and then, you know, then Spartan racing and, you know, all these different things is people need something really hard. You know, they need to do something that's really physically and mentally challenging because life people, you know, I know we're in the middle of a, you know, a pandemic or whatever, whatever's going on right now. Uh, and people think this is hard. This isn't like, we're not physically pushed. You know, I just got done with a three day yeah. trip and we were physically and mentally challenged and I felt so good 
after. And I think, you know, when you saw the evolution of CrossFit and then into like Spartan races and adventure racing and all these different things where people are like, you know, people think, oh, that's crazy. Why would I ever submit myself to that kind of torture, right? Willingly. It's because people crave it. We're just sitting in front of our computers all the time and we need something really hard because we're built to work physically and mentally. We're built to be challenged. And I think that's something you're tapping into right now, which is probably needed more now than in a very long time, if ever. Oh, absolutely. And again, we're just like the first time that anybody, and, and it not, this can look so different for so many people. Um, but, you know, the first time that you accomplish something that you're like, oh, I did not think I was going to do that, especially f- like physically, that's addictive. Yes. Like that is like, and, 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 and obviously like, you know, this is again, one of the downfalls of uh, a lot of training facilities and stuff is they, they let, testing be the daily thing and that's where people end up getting hurt and whatever and so i'm a huge fan of like a gut check but like literally like i mean maybe once or twice a month we have like a misery like something where you're like all right we need three days four days to recover from that um you know so it's always about building the body up but it's it's challenging we want to push whatever we're doing and it's about putting the training together in a way that isn't breaking us down too much and it's just that fine line of just the camaraderie of it. I mean, dude, we have this, we have a dude named Cody Ray who is, he's a pro skier. He's 24, 23, 24. And he is, uh, he's that guy that you're like, like, and I'm so thankful that I really only have a couple of these guys that I'm constantly like, no, 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 let's come back down. Like, come back here. Like, cause he's the dude who's like, Hey, we could make that jump. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know and he's just like, like where's your head at bro you can lift that <laughs> and uh like he'll compare himself to like Haloti nada who's a 13 year like nfl veteran 340 pounds and cody's 150 and Haloti will deadlift like 500 like for eight reps and cody's like i got that <laughs> it's like and dude, like it's like he's it's funny, like we have each person of this group has like their core like role. You know, it's like they are each like pivotal over that. Everybody's different. You know, we have the the quiet ones that are just there and all of a sudden they pick up on something just listening. And they're like, Yeah, but did you hear that? And we're like, nobody we all missed that, but he've got that. And um, you know, we have like Mac who she was uh captain of Dartmouth hockey and rugby and and she's 25 and she, this chick just demolishes the dudes and I'm about to get her into jujitsu and I'm kind of like nervous about it because I don't want her to beat me <laughs> but she's like my little sister kind of daughter like niece whatever and age and she's just a stud but I mean she's kind of like the unspoken captain because she just crushes us all and uh you know then we have like the the cheerleaders in the group and the it's just it's just cool man to to put a group together of people and let them be who they are and no matter you know i think i posted on instagram a few weeks ago you know people because again we started to get a lot of people asking about what it takes to be a part of that and it was you know one it's a system don't just come up and visit like if you're committed to you know training with us day in day out for at least 90 days okay cool realize that you're not more important than the person next to you Hmm. realize that the person's 
you know, politics, religious beliefs, sexual orientation order have no bearing on the fact that they can be an amazing workout partner for you. Nice. And, you know, and especially in the times that we live in, it's just kind of those things. It's like, you know, I don't care what you can say, whatever you want here, but you better not get offended by someone saying something else either. And, and we just have this amazing group that, I mean, again, is we are across the boards on our politics, on our, you know, faith and what we believe in. And, but everybody, like nobody is going to really offend anyone else because they know that ultimately every person there, if a text is sent out, Hey, I need help with this. Like at least half of the group will like literally be able to drop whatever they're doing. Like, yeah, we'll be there. Yeah, that's awesome. And like, but everybody, if they could would. And it's just, just like, it's been the coolest thing with everything that's going on. Um, just to have that diversity here. And it's, it's really important nowadays for people to meet on some sort of common ground because we're people like, you know, we and I talked over a beer when you're here and, you know, where this topic's coming up again here is like people have different ideologies, but they're, we have way more in common than we do apart. And that seems to be like, that point seems to be getting missed right now because we're, we're probably going to agree on most things but then we get hyper-focused on something that we don't agree on and, and we lose the humanity of it all. And that's why I love things like this, because I'll tell you, man, like, you know, anytime I've been sweaty out of the breath after workout lying on the ground, um, the only thing I see when I look over my shoulder to the person who just did that workout with me is just another person who was in the suffer bank with me. That's it. I don't give a shit about, are they Republican, Democratic? Are they wearing a mask? Are they not wearing a mask? Are they, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't care. There's just another human in there. It's, it's a commonality that you got to get to at some point, strip everything away. And that also is incredibly fulfilling. I think it's not to be undervalued in what you do here. That's something that you're providing people that's of huge value during a time when it's so needed. And it's just, and it's such an easy thing to do. And again, we all, I get it. We're all scared and living this, place and and you know it's i mean dude i live in park city i mean let's be honest like quarantine and covid and everything park city not so bad like the real like what you know sure we drive down to salt lake city i can get a more of a taste of like the the things that are going on around uh the country um but i mean i i acknowledge i'm a white male that lives in uh very prevalent like area and the mountain i even from that i live way more on the remote mountains so i you know i don't but it's again i'm never going to turn down anybody that wants to come be a part of what we're doing for the right reasons and that needs that place to to talk and to feel heard um and also become harder to kill while you're doing it. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, that's kind of one of their other hashtags is be harder to kill, you know, and some people have taken offense to that, but it's just like, look, like, and again, so the wrecking crew where the name came from, I'll explain these two, those two things is that, you know, everybody that's up here training with us, we love playing in the mountains. And the one thing about the mountains is the mountains will leave you broken and wrecked. 
they will like the mountain is not forgiving at all in any realm whether you're skiing snowboarding mountain biking just hiking like running like out like the mountains it's like it's just an amazing place but we're gonna get wrecked so you know we came we came together as this group that we're training to to make that harder um to be more durable to last to fix those injuries so that we can be out there playing harder um you know and then the 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 be hard to kill everybody just thinks they immediately hear that and they think oh that's kind of like a violent this military guy or whatever it's kind of a violent thing and it's and it was actually that can't stem from a conversation one time of um talking about the the depression and the scary piece of all that and the and the mental piece of covid and that a lot of people experienced and for me personally like i went through massive depression like you know we talked about in the other podcasts and stuff and to the point of like contemplating like taking my own life and like is would that be easier like could i how how do i live and um and it was like literally was we were talking about that and i was like man well now i'm harder to kill because of my mental capacity not just physically so yeah we're training physically to be able to do more you know like if everything if we go to true apocalypse you know and internet's gone everything's like you know we're we're done like are we physically ready to survive and and take care of ourselves and and walk somewhere if we have to or do whatever but are we mentally there too because those are two components that are huge you can be in the greatest shape physically but if you're going to mentally break down, you're going to be pretty easy to kill, uh, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, and it's, so uh, people kind of misunderstand that when we say it actually it was more of a, it came from a conversation that was more about mental health and, and fighting for our own lives and fighting through that. And, um, but obviously there's the physical side of it too. And that's, again, it's just a matter of surrounding yourself with people that uh, uplift you and bring that all to fruition with you and you do the same for them that's awesome man and i think you know it's it's a critical um lesson in 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 business too or just you know life i guess you could say that as you you don't need a you don't need to be for everybody you just have to be for the people you know like if you have 80 if eight out of 10 people hate what you're saying but two out of them two out of 10 love it right? Super passionate, totally resonate with, with the message you have. That's all you need. You know, yeah. that's all you need. All you need is 20% or less to, to run a successful business and do it your way. And I think it's really important. I'd be curious just to get your, your voice on this, Deacon, as you know, someone who's gone through hardcore depression, right? Um, I've gone through, I don't even know what mine was, if it was hardcore or not, but it certainly got me down for many, many months. You know, a lot of people may be experiencing do this do this COVID lockdown shelter in place thing, um, maybe experiencing some darkness for the first time in their lives. You know, what, what do you, is there anything that any messaging you have for people who are like, what is this? Why can't I, why can't I see the bright side of things? Why is everything so dark? What, what do you have for them? Uh, yeah. Well, first of all, I'm sorry you're hurting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sorry it's that bad because it is. And it's something that a lot of people can't understand. Um, and it's, and, and I know that if any person going through that, if they could snap their fingers, like a lot of people would be, Oh, just go for a hike, just get outside. Um, do this. 
if it was that easy, they would do it. Um, The things that, and I get it. I mean, it is, it's, it's that bad. And um, just the one that you're not alone when you're ready to talk, talk. I think the biggest thing that we miss out on as the chance of being a good friend to someone is letting someone be a good friend to us. Hmm. And we think about how good it feels to have someone come to you and talk and confide in you and trust in you to listen to them. Um, And that if you're not willing to do that in return, you're robbing someone of the chance to be there for you, which I didn't realize why I had so many surface friendships for so long. And it was because I was fine being the support system for everybody, but I really, I didn't want to bring others down and I didn't want to put it on them. And uh, so that was why ultimately like most of my relationships were very surface because they were very one-sided because they never thought that I needed them. So when you're, you know, thinking about talking to someone or whatever, and you're worried about that piece, just know that those people in your life want to be there for you and want to be that person to rock for you to lean on at that time. And the feeling that you get when someone does that to you is the same feeling you're giving someone else. So instead of us thinking that we're constantly pulling someone down, it's you're giving someone the opportunity to feel really good for being able to help you. Um, and that there, there's not a much greater gift that you can give to someone than letting them be a part of your life. But again, don't get stuck in the fact that people telling you what you should do because a lot of those people don't understand and, um, and it sucks. And it really sucks and it is that bad. And I'm, and I'm really sorry for anyone that's experiencing that. And I think now on a lot of levels, people are experiencing that for the first time, you know, kind of joked with a a friend who I knew had really struggled with bad depression. Um, Once COVID was, you know, we were three months in, I was like, you know, the people that we really need to worry about right now are not the people who have like chronic depression or struggle with it. They're used to it. You know, it's the people that have never experienced depression. And for the first time, they're like, what is this? Um, so it's, uh, you know, it's just, it just sucks. But don't get just – actually, this was a huge revelation I had just oh, last week on a rec- – like when I was hiking. You know, I used to sit there. So Sisu Strong is, is our company. and and sisu is a finnish word um that just means guts and determination and i the way that i described sisu strong once when i started was your will to persevere through adversity will determine the level of greatness you achieve and you know i would sit there and think about that and i remember when i finally kind of came out of my depression and um and was doing pretty well and back to work and back like redoing things with Sisu strong. I was like, man, I was like, man, like I didn't really embrace that. I didn't. And I, and I gave myself a really hard time literally. And this was, this is almost coming up on like two years past this point in my life. And last week I was sitting there and like all of a sudden had that kind of Holy shit moment. I was like, hold on. I did do that. Hmm. I made it through. And it wasn't because, and you know, and I gave myself a hard time because 
at the time, I was like, oh, I didn't do it quick enough. I didn't, uh, you know, I, I didn't, just, I wasn't able to just shrug it off and just get moving forward. And so I, that was like something I struggled with thinking about that. But I was like, hold on a second. I grinded, miserably grinded for almost two years, you know, with one day where I really, like if I really just wanted it to be over and I, and I made it through that. And just because it wasn't fast, I was telling myself that I didn't just immediately couldn't kick it. I was telling myself that I was still failing. Hmm. And literally last week, I was just like, holy crap. And I completely forgot that I actually pulled my phone out and videoed this message to myself because I wanted to go back to it and talk about it. So I'm really glad we're talking about it uh, because I'm ADD and I forgot already. And, uh, <laughs> but, uh, I was like, holy crap, no, I did it. I did exactly what I said Sisu Strong was. I pushed through that for years. And that, like, all of a sudden, I was like, that was one of the most proud moments of my life where I was like, holy crap, no, like, I didn't just make it through, like, a small, like, rough time. I made it through a really long, hard, rough time. And uh, so for anybody else going through it, it's don't look at it as a matter of, days or don't look at it time just just keep going and uh and that's what it's about it's about getting up and doing it it's easy to get up when life's really good yeah that's not impressive to me it's the people that are really struggling that get up and push and grind and make it through the day dreading the fact that they're going to have to do it again tomorrow but they still do it yeah that's awesome that's that's what CSU strong is right on. Well, I can't imagine, uh, stopping at a, a more powerful point. <laughs> that was really good. Um, Deacon, where, where did, where did people find about you and, you know, CSU strong, the wrecking crew? Um, I know you're, you're thinking about opening up some, um, some online access to, to what you're doing for people who can't be there in park city. Give us, give us the goods, man. What's going on? Yeah. So where this is all heading now is again, I, I love the program that we've developed. I'm really proud of it. And we're going to, for 50 bucks a month, you can follow along uh, via true coach app and be a part of that group. Um, we have, we're going to have a private Facebook community too, that people can interact with. And uh, so you can feel like you're a part of it, but uh We'll have more information coming out on that soon, but csustrong.com. We'll have some information about that. Instagram is kind of where we're, we're pretty active and it's just csustrong at csustrong and csu is S I S U. Uh, but yeah, so we're, I'm bringing in some people to do some stuff with like to really get our YouTube content up and, and just more speaking about how our approach and what we're doing um, what it looks like and kind of getting some interaction with a lot more of the, the awesome athletes that we, uh, work with. And then the coolest piece that I'm really excited about is probably starting in March is what we're shooting for is going to be our first four day, um, basically like the wrecking crew experience. And from that point on, the goal is going to be once a month, we will have a four day uh, seminar basically that people can come out and attend and train with the crew, um, get their assessment in person, um, kind of experience what it's all like. 
Um, typically we're always out doing stuff with, with the athletes in their kind of own world. So you'll get to be a part of that. Um, but just get to come up and be a part of it. And then uh, wherever you're from, go back and that way you can get a little bit more hands-on in person, but then you can be set for your own program when you leave. Awesome. Awesome, man. Well, Deacon, it's always a pleasure catching up brother and uh, appreciate you coming on. I appreciate your, your openness as always. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk soon. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, dude. Ladies and gentlemen, Deacon Andrews. Hey, everybody. This is your host, Eric Malzone. Don't leave yet. I have a few more requests for you. So if you got value out of this podcast, I ask you to do a few things. Number one, go to wherever you're listening, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and go ahead and subscribe to the show. Number two, while you're there, If you feel that we earned it, please leave us a nice review. Number three, share it. Whether it be social media, email, texting, whatever it may be, I'm sure you know somebody who would get value out of this episode just like you did. So please go ahead and share it. And that's how we get the word out. So it's really valuable and super appreciative. It only takes a minute of your time. Next, if you know of somebody, including yourself, who would be a great guest for the show, please head on over to level5mentors.com, L-E-V-E-L, the number five, mentors.com. Get in touch with me, let me know what you're thinking, uh, make an introduction, whatever it may be. You can also get me directly in my email, which is eric, E-R-I-C, at level5mentors.com. Lastly, if you just wanna chat, you wanna find out more, if you wanna expand on some ideas, I love hearing from the audience. So go ahead and hit me up on social media. I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. You also have my email already. So I love to hear from you. I'm always looking for ways to improve the show and I'm always looking to have great conversations. So don't hesitate to reach out. And once again, thank you for listening to the Black Diamond podcast and you can expect a lot more from us.